It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Michael Reed on LMFM. Now let's talk about COVID with Dr. Alona Duffy, a GP based in Monaghan and director of NE Doc. Good morning to you, Dr. Duffy, and thank you indeed for joining us on the programme this morning. It's hard to know what to make of it all at the moment, isn't it? Because of the way the numbers are increasing. We're back talking about numbers again. Uh, 1,688 new cases yesterday, 314 in hospital, 59 people in intensive care. On the other hand, we're talking about reopening uh, the country and Neffet saying that this fourth wave has not peaked yet. Uh, We've another two or three weeks to go before it peaks. Uh, Are we moving too fast, do you think? Gosh, Michael, it's it's so hard to know because I think, you know, there's that pressure to open up and to get life back to normal. And I suppose partly because we're kind of feeling we're so well ahead with our vaccinations and we know absolutely being vaccinated does protect. Uh, While still, if you're vaccinated, you can become infected with COVID. Definitely what we're seeing on the ground and what is reported through all the evidence internationally is that you will get a milder form of the disease. So I suppose the relative is that if we can get everybody vaccinated, especially those who are at high risk and ensure that they're safeguarded then at least if they become infected we're not going to have to worry as much but it is of concern at the rate at which um, COVID is rising our practice this morning is it's just I haven't seen numbers like this in a long time what we're really finding at the moment is that when one person in the house gets it everybody's getting it I mean I've just come off Mm. the phone to a family of four all four have COVID none of them are Mm. particularly ill but saying that on Friday I ended up having to admit, admit a young man in his late 20s to hospital because he was so ill with COVID. Unfortunately for him, he got it before his time. Um, he had had his second vaccine, but it was before it had a chance to really give him that protection. Mm. Probably offered him some little protection and we're hoping he'll get out of hospital today. But it just shows COVID is still moving around. I think what's happening at the moment, though, is people are letting their guard down. Number one, they're maybe not reporting symptoms as early as they should, especially if they're vaccinated, because people are rightly thinking, well, you know, I'm okay, I'm not going to get that sick. But you have to remember, somebody else might get sick when they meet you with it. And I think the other thing is that people are being a bit slow to report their close contacts. Now, that's not all their fault. I've just had a phone call this morning with somebody who wasn't asked for their close contacts, and when they went to offer them, was told, well, we won't worry much about that. So I think when things get really busy, we know that the close contact contact tracing service gets to a level where it can't cope as well and unfortunately then doesn't do as in-depth tracing as it should do, which is really bonkers when you think about it because this is the time when we need to be more aggressive in our contact tracing. Right. 
that's uh, not <laughs> particularly good, is it? Any of that? Um, but uh, who uh, is uh, getting contact? Uh, you're seeing huge numbers again, you said, Dr Duffy. Um, is it the vaccinated or the non-vaccinated or is it both in equal amounts? It's mostly unvaccinated. So the big change this time is we're seeing younger people. We're seeing a lot of children, a lot of really young children who are testing positive. Now, None of them, I have to say, none of them to date have been particularly sick. Nice. Some of them have had quite high temperatures that have been difficult to control, but they've been like your typical viral illness. So in, in many ways, that's good. It's meaning that they're not getting sick. And again, that's fitting with the evidence that we have from around the world that right. children don't tend to get very ill unless they have underlying health conditions. These are under 12s, are they? Oh, these are under under fives in the majority yeah. at the moment mm. today. That's what we're seeing. So it, it again, it's a change because we didn't see it seeming to infect younger children prior to this, the Delta variant definitely is hitting is hitting younger people. And why? Why you know are we getting better at reporting? Are we getting better at testing? I think we are. I think the testing it's so mm. easy to get a test now. You don't even have to contact your GP. You can self refer. So that removes all barriers to testing. And we know in places like Monaghan at the weekend had uh, testing facilities again in Monaghan town, and that meant that people who kind of thought you know it's probably not it, but I'll go and get tested because I'm just a bit snuffly. And some of them are surprised to find that they have tested positive. But then they know and then they restrict their movements and Mm. don't spread it to others. So I think we've got to continue with that. Don't be afraid to get tested. If you have any doubt, get yourself tested. If you're not sure, talk to your GP. But if you do have symptoms, the most important thing is not to ignore them. And if these toddlers get COVID, are their vaccinated parents then getting COVID as well? Um, Majority aren't, but we are seeing some cases where they are because they're they're getting tested because they're close contacts and maybe have very mild symptoms. But as we know, if you are a close contact and are fully vaccinated, you don't have to restrict your movements and you normally aren't obliged to go and get testing. What we are finding is that many people are saying, look, you know what, I'll get tested because I'm living with them or it's my partner and I'm sharing a bed with them and I'm in close contact with them. So some of them are offering to go and get tested anyway, which I think is very sensible. It's what what I do myself. Mm. And what about the reopening of schools? Is that of concern? We have uh, this other figure this morning about uh, 4% of uh, the total population of children under the age of 18 uh, have uh, developed COVID. That's the equivalent of 46,000 children in this country. Yes, I listened to some of the, the comments that have been made, especially by Philip Nolan this morning. And I have concern that, you know, that that's probably underestimating it. And that I think a lot of that data is gathered from the non-Delta variant. It's gathered from earlier on in the year and from last year, when definitely we didn't see children becoming infected and we didn't see children becoming symptomatic. This Delta variant is very different. It's absolutely affecting younger children. But again, as I said, they're not getting particularly sick. But what's the impact going to be when we open the schools? Um, my own feeling is that we will see a surge and we are going to see more younger children becoming infected and that's going to have an impact and that it's going to mean them having to stay home and any unvaccinated close contacts having to stay home and either not work or or not go to school or college or whatever but I think you know as we find more people being vaccinated it shouldn't be an issue now I know it's an issue for the teachers and many of them concerned the reality of it is that everybody has been offered the chance to be vaccinated and there is no excuse not to be vaccinated and that includes pregnant teachers everybody 
can get it and go, moving forward um, I think therefore that teachers can be protected if they're vaccinated and that's what they need to do. Mm. And that's the concern that the teachers have because uh, women who are less than 14 weeks pregnant can't get vaccinated and there should be uh, something done to facilitate those teachers according to their trade unions. Except Michael, moving forward all of those women have had the chance to be vaccinated before getting pregnant so I think that all women out there of childbearing age should be vaccinated and should be right. aware of mm. the, the, the importance of being vaccinated in case they become pregnant because we know not every pregnancy is planned but for those who are planning pregnancy it should be as 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 ordinary a thing as taking your folic acid in the planning of pregnancy you should ensure that you're vaccinated before you become pregnant and really everybody has the chance to be vaccinated now from the age of 12 up so get vaccinated protect yourself and protect those around you it's a very good point Uh, uh, and what about uh, socializing or intermingling in any way whatsoever with the unvaccinated. Uh, we may not have the choice if we're working with somebody who won't get a, a vaccine, but uh, the chair of uh, the GP committee, Dr. Dennis McCauley, said uh, this weekend uh, that when it comes uh, to people who are unvaccinated, there is one rule. Uh, if uh, you're going to think about meeting them indoors, don't do it. Uh, if they're not wearing a mask, say goodbye or good night. Get out, he said. I totally agree with Dennis McCauley's comments and and I would have to question why we're not kind of putting more pressure on people to make that decision and protect their, their, their work colleagues. For those rare cases where somebody cannot be vaccinated because of uh, they're allergic to components of the vaccine, and they are very rare cases, mm. then I, I think we have to make allowances for those people. But in other countries, um, there's an obligation on you to be vaccinated. And if you're not vaccinated and potentially going to put others in your workplace at risk, um, then you can't work and you're not paid to not work. I think we have to, it's not that we want to have the stick the whole time, but the carrot is that you have a more normal life if you're vaccinated. You can socialise, you can go out, you can meet people in, in a more safe manner and know that you're not putting yourself and those around you at risk. So I think we've got to continue with that mm. but we've got to be careful that we're we're continuing to protect everybody yeah. who's unvaccinated for a medical reason and again I would say to you there are very small numbers of those who cannot be vaccinated based on medical reasons. Yeah, but even if you are vaccinated it's not risk free. Uh, I, I know of uh, somebody who has been fully vaccinated didn't do anything for eight months uh, stayed uh, at home, didn't socialise didn't go to shops or anything like that uh, but because they're fully vaccinated went out and socialised at a, a pub, but was sitting outdoors uh, and somehow managed to develop COVID. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and I think it's so upsetting for those. We have mm-hmm. older members in, of our practice who've, um, you know, patients who've tested positive and they're really upset because they literally had locked themselves away for nearly a year. Mm-hmm. They've taken the vaccine at the very early stages and now feel, you know, how did this happen? How could this happen? Thankfully for all of them to date, they haven't been particularly ill. And I suppose, the, you know, that's that's the thankful thing about it. But it is, as you say, we've got to remember that um, you still are at risk of getting COVID, but hopefully the vaccine will protect you and the majority of cases it will. But as we know, there are people in ICU who are fully vaccinated. The data seems to suggest most of those have had um, underlying health conditions and therefore probably were immunocompromised in some way. But... Um, the, vac- the virus still offers risk to everybody, but especially those who are unvaccinated. Mm, yeah, the vast majority, 75% of those in ICU are unvaccinated, uh, I think. Yeah. Um, uh, obviously, people have to make
make their own decisions in relation to what they do and what they don't do. Uh, the government, uh, of course, is uh, going to uh, announce uh, the plan for reopening uh, the country in the next week or so. Would uh, you uh, hope that the government will be cautious in its uh, approach or, or um, I suppose... You could look at what happened in Crow Park yesterday and say, if that's okay, well, surely everything is okay. Well, I think um, it just seems unfair to many people who maybe are involved in businesses that involve kind of gathering for concerts and and, and the like of that, that um, a large gathering can meet in Croke Park and yet smaller gatherings can't meet for concerts. And I think there are ways of doing it safely. We know that other countries have used antigen tests for people coming in, that only those who are vaccinated can get in. If you're not vaccinated, you can't. There are different models that can be used and I think would allow more opening up. And again, I do feel that the carrot has got to be if you're vaccinated vaccinated you get more freedom if you're not vaccinated unfortunately then you won't have access to the concerts you won't have access to to other kind of positive events in and that go on in our lives so i think that's the way forward and we know that that's probably why um huge numbers of, of our young adults have chosen to be vaccinated because they want to have a normal life back and they want that freedom and again i suppose we are so lucky and that's such high there's such high positivity with regards to the data of the numbers of people who have chosen to be vaccinated and that's to be welcomed and we've got to encourage those who've chosen not to be vaccinated to rethink their decision. Okay, we'll leave it there. Thank you though, as always, uh, for joining us on uh, the programme uh, this morning. That's Dr Alona Duffy, who's a GP based in Monaghan and uh, the director of NEDOC. Michael, Michael Reed on, on LMFM. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.